0: I absolutely support women's rights. And completely. women are very grateful, Piz. No, has to be grateful. I just support them. Uh, I don't see the point of that march. I don't know what the focus of it was. I don't know what they were hoping to actually change. We certainly respect people's First Amendment rights, but I, I frankly didn't see the point. <laughs> and This is Shiver Down Spine, a podcast about how we make speeches and how they make us. You just heard that British broadcaster Piers Morgan and Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway don't get the point of public rallies, or at least the ones that make them uncomfortable. But they are back in the public and media consciousness. So in this episode, I'm not going to focus on the coverage or criticism of marches from the sidelines. I want to hear from the people who go on them. How do they feel about whatever's said, sung or shouted? What's the point for them? I'm at the International Women's Day march in Beirut on March the 11th. Uh, it's organised by a variety of feminist, women's, and political and human rights groups. And uh, despite being a thunderstorm, horizontal rain, and uh, hailstones a little bit earlier. Uh, <laughs> The Beirut's turned out in force, and the main road down from Sassin Square to Staple Square is filled with banners, uh, placards, chanting, and a lot of umbrellas.
1: My name is Fadwa. I'm from the north of Lebanon, but I live in Beirut. And why I'm here, support all the women and the struggle we have uh, in our country.
0: Why is it important for you to be here?
1: Because I am Lebanese. I'm hundred percent Lebanese. I'm not supposed to be fifty percent Lebanese when I'm get I will get married to a man from another uh, country, for example. I want my kids to have the Lebanese nationality. Uh, it's my right to, uh, to to have it. So why I'm not having this right? i am from tripoli but i'm living in beirut uh, and uh, i'm here because uh, i'm a fighter i want to fight uh, against my uh, society against the patriotic society which i live in uh, because uh, our society is uh, uh, very shame of the woman uh, because the woman is uh, it's like a weak person in this society should be protected from the guys, okay? from, should be protected from uh, the male. No, that's not uh, true, the, the woman can protect herself. It's my son said um, okay, that uh, it doesn't matter what time do you go out from home uh, or from any place. Uh, the rape is a crime. So that doesn't give the rapist any right to uh, rape uh, the female or the male, you know? Uh, that's why uh, it wrote in Arabic It doesn't matter what time is it. Um, the rape is a crime.
0: Bringing it back from Beirut to marches in general, placards are a pretty good reminder that while these are demonstrations, you know, the clues in the name, very little of what happens on the march actually gets demonstrated to the outside world, Uh, as my friend Kat, who's been on a fair few marches, um, was telling me.
2: One thing that does annoy me about going on marches is... Less about the march itself and more about how the media portrays it. So I've been on countless really peaceful, inclusive, beautiful demonstrations um, that have... And had no trouble at all but you know there's always a the couple of people on the outside on the fringes that um, can cause trouble whether that be the black block or whoever it may be and of course the media looking for a juicy story focuses completely on that so when you get back and you're all excited and you look on BBC News app see whether your demonstration has been included and there's just this photo of someone smashing up um, a window it can be so disheartening
0: so your rally's past test number one Did it kick off? Maybe it survived test number two, the even more tiresome game of guess the crowd size. I'm not gonna play any clips from that frankly embarrassing Trump inauguration spat, but it's worth noting that it seems like in the UK at least, police have shifted from their default position of being deputy downer on uh, underestimating crowd size to now realizing that it's in their budgetary self-interest to big up the turnout of any protest, just as much as the most optimistic organizer have been. These days with Instagram listicles, I probably now rank witty placard banter as the third most important factor in your protest's public cut through. But to be honest, those don't make great audio features for a podcast. So onto the things that people say, and back to storm-swept Beirut. chant at the end? Roughly translated means revolt or rebel. You might recognise it from TV clips of multiple marches in multiple countries throughout the Arab Spring from 2011. A reminder of the stakes that public protest has for those to take part and the potential that it has to change things. Back to Kat.
2: The best chants at marches have a strong rhythm, um, often a call and reply, which really helps with saving your voice, um, and I so suppose crucially are just easy to pick up so that everyone can feel included like, straight away after hearing it once. Um, if you can think of a funny rhyme, that makes it even better. A recent Trump one I was at, um, there was one that was, you can't build a wall, your hands are too small. Classic.
0: And what about, you know, the, the speeches?
2: So if I'm honest I don't really stick around for the speeches at the end of a march um, mostly because I'm hungry uh, but also because I can't hear them they never invest in a good enough sound system um, but mostly it's because the the great thing about marches to me is that they are the power of the collective and you know speeches at the end are usually about like one spokesperson or someone getting up on a podium and to me that is not what I'm there for um, I'm there to kind of feel the power of the collective so yeah normally I'm straight to the pub. Ah,
0: a knock to the ego of speech makers and speechwriters everywhere. In defense of the romantic ideal of the rallying cry, one thing I'd say does make a difference to a speech at a rally or protest is who gets to speak. I've heard from a few people who go to the movement for justice protests against the detention of women at Yarl's Wood, who say that thousands of demonstrators outside the walls of that detention centre will fall completely silent.
2: We have some people on the phone from inside who want to try to speak. Do you want to say a bit of, of what,
0: what's been
1: going on inside? TB in the centre. Is tuberculosis spreading in the centre.
0: As loudspeakers are connected to mobile phones, calling up women migrants and refugees who speak to them from the inside on the other side of the barbed wire. How much more powerful is that? than listening to various chairmen of the different organizations, of the organizing committee of the, of the march, get up one, one by one to reel off and try to say something different.
1: want justice, where's our human so back at the
0: rally, Fadi is telling me that the woman speaking to the considerable, if slightly damp, remaining crowd is a refugee from Syria, who tells them she's there in solidarity with their domestic social struggles, even as her first priority is understandably to return to her country. She represents that importance of solidarity in who gets to speak, in what they say, and that often the most valuable impact of a rally is how that power of the collective Makes the people taking part feel, as Fadia herself reflected.
1: Actually, I was thinking because of the weather not to go, but when I went here, I felt so empowered, so supported by all the women here.
0: listening to the first of what will hopefully be regular episodes of Shiver Down Spine, looking at everything from wedding speeches, the biggest one that most of us are likely to make, to the speech that millions of people paid to listen to, but was never actually given. And in the meantime, you can check out the first episode on concession speeches, as well as photos, clips, and some more insights from the Women's March and other amazing people in Beirut at the website shiverdownspine.com skin.